I want to read you, first of all, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I want to give you this morning a kingdom principle that you can build your life on. Not a man-made attitude, a kingdom principle. You know, principle things are foundational truths that never change. Hallelujah. And when they get a hold of you, like I said earlier, then you'll never change either. I remember the day, Ephesians 2.10. Just, I mean, it just like the light came on. And, you know, I found out something about revelation light. It's so hard for me to sit down in this chair. I can't tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you something about revelation light. When it comes on, it never goes out. When you get revelation light, honey, you think Motel 6 knows how to leave the light on. I got news for you. Their bulbs will eventually burn out. But you don't burn out when you got a light from heaven. <laughs> Glory to God. So this morning, you know, actually, this is fresh man. I'm telling you, I've never preached this before, but I had to give it to you this morning. I might, like someone said, I might have something I got better notes on, but I got nothing that you'll have a better message for. Actually, I've never heard anybody say that. I just said it myself, quoted myself. <laughs> Ephesians. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God, this is the part I want you to get, hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I want you to get a sense of you not trying to make a way where there is no way, but walking in the way that God has made. Life is a whole lot better when you walk in the way God has made. You're not, and that's why it's not a man-made attitude. This is a kingdom principle that is based on an unchangeable plan from heaven that will not be altered. I ever, I tell people, you can either watch the plan or you can be the plan. Hallelujah. And so he says this in the Amplified Bible. This is uh, the best way, you know, that they, like someone said, the Amplified Bible is the Bible women like to use. Because <laughs> it gives us more words to work with. For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. Now watch this now. Born again. You were born. You Things were changed in your life by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that what? So that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. In other words, you get born again, Jesus Christ becomes the Lord of your life, and then your life is on a course. And as you walk in the light, as you walk in faith, as you walk in obedience, it takes you to the preordained places that Jesus himself created you for. Woo! I mean, let me tell you something. You can take all kind of tests, but when you just walk in obedience to God, it will take you to a place that will make God, that will make you able to do what God wants you to do. I mean, I, look over here real quickly, if you would, to Luke 
chapter 19, I want to show you how that you can live your life on purpose, the purpose of God. And I, have, I, I th- this story is such a tremendous story. You could say it like this. This is how you can turn your disadvantage into an advantage. How if your life is off course, you can get on course. How that if you have nothing to give, God will give you something to give. How that if you are, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking at? You are, you know, somebody, you know, you say, I just got problems or I just got disadvantages. That's really the best word. Well, God will make your life where you thought you had a disadvantage. You can turn it into an advantage. You know, I found out things don't change just because you say yes to God. Aren't you glad you're not close? (laughs) Things don't change just because you say yes to God. Listen, you know, it'd be nice if if we said, you know, if you say yes to God, you'll never have to deal with any difficulties again. You'll never have any deficiencies or any, you know, any things, you know, any, any unexpected problems. It'd be nice if we could say that. I will tell you this. I found out something that when you walk in the will of God, you may not uh, uh, know about what's going to happen, but you are prepared for it. You know what I'm saying? And so in Luke chapter 19, let me just read this story to you. It won't take me too long, but I think it'll be worth your time. In Luke chapter 19, it says in verse 1, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Um, I could read it in the, uh, this is the New King James I'm reading it in. It says, he entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. I think it says he was a publican, not a Republican in the King James. And he was rich. <laughs> Some people think they go together. And he sought Uh, He sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd, because he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, everybody say, came to the place. place. Come on now. When Jesus is looking for you, he's going to show up at the place he's planned. Where are you going to be? When he came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and he said, Zacchaeus, make haste. That means hurry up, brother. For today, I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. I found out something about walking in the plan of God. It does not make you a sour pickle. It makes you so happy. That people will think there's something wrong with you. Hey, is that my deal? That's it. They'll think there's some kind of flaw in your character or some kind of deficiency in your, you know, your education. You wouldn't be that happy if you just knew everything. You wouldn't be that happy if you were a little smarter, a little, you know, little had a little better position in society. Oh, listen, it has nothing to do with position in society. It has nothing to do with the wealth you have in your bank account. It has to do with whether you have come to the place that God has called you to. Zacchaeus was a rich man. He was a very rich man. But his riches couldn't take away the need for having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And not just having a relationship, but living in the plan of God. 
And so it says when Zacchaeus in, in, so he says Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. If you learn, if you know a little bit about, uh, the, the itinerary of Jesus at this time, you will know that it was his last time through Jericho. He was on his way to Golgotha's hill, but he had to pass through Jericho. Now Jericho was a place. If you go back in time just a little bit, you'll remember when Joshua, when he went into the promised land, Jericho was the land that he entered in and he took it with a shout of faith. And God told him, if anybody rebuilds this city, they'll be cursed and their family will be cursed. Jericho was a place of a curse. But yet God in Jesus Christ went walking right into the place that had been cursed because he came to take away the curse. That's what we do. Woo! He's not afraid of your little, you know, issues in life. He's not afraid of them. He touched them before they ever touched you. Did you hear me? He touched them before they ever touched you. And so he came to Jericho. Now I'm going to give you just three points here. <laughs> if, you, if you hunt real hard, you'll find them. I'm going to give you three points here. It says Zacchaeus was a, a tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but he could not because of the crowd and because he was short. So there were difficulties with Zacchaeus' life. He was, he, there was a crowd and he was short. <laughs> His money didn't matter at this point. His place, position in society didn't matter. There was something that was between him and what he wanted to see. He wanted to see Jesus. But I like to tell people the number one thing, if you want to get on the glory road, if you want to walk in the plan of God, number one, you got to use what you have and quit complaining about what you don't have. I like, this is how I wrote it down. He might have been too short to see, but he was not too slow to run. That's what I want. Woo! I said he might have been too short to see, but he was not too slow to run. You'll never begin walking in the plan of God. You'll never take step one. A, B, C, D is all contingent. You can't get to D unless you do A. And I'm telling you, you got to start with using what you have. Are you with me? And quit looking down. Start looking up. Zacchaeus was short. It was probably easier for him to see the ground than it was to see up above the, the crowd. But he started looking up. And when he looked up, Jesus saw him. Why did Jesus see him? He climbed up in a sycamore tree. You know, like someone said, I'm sick of mine. Are you sick of yours? <laughs> oh, glory to God. Oh, you just need to get rid of yours. I got rid of mine. And Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus climbed in the top of a sycamore tree. Now, I don't know if a rich IRS agent was used to climbing trees. I'm not really sure. It doesn't tell us. If he'd ever done it before, it probably seems highly unlikely. But the point is, he did it then. Why did he do it? You know, I don't know if he realized the significance of what he was doing. But actually, look at what happened here. Because it says in verse, uh, in verse uh, 5... Now, now Zacchaeus had run ahead and climbed up the sycamore tree because he wanted to see him who was passing that way. You know, Zacchaeus, there were probably lots of people who were sick and lots of people who were poor. Zacchaeus was rich 
And as far as we know, he was healthy. There's no mention of him being sick. But yet he had a need. He wasn't looking just to get something from Jesus. He wanted to know Jesus. And really, I found out when you know Jesus, you can't, you can't separate who he is from what he does. When you know him. But Zacchaeus ran up into a sycamore tree. And the Bible says that Jesus came to the place... He came to the place. One translation says he came. uh, uh, Well, well, let me read it again. Uh, Let me read on. Let me not read it again. Let me read on. He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste for today. I must stay at your house. Literally one translation said today is my day to be at your house. Literally, Jesus said, I have an appointment to keep today. And my appointed time, just as surely as he was appointed to go to the cross, he was appointed to go to Zacchaeus' house. There was a divine appointment. And what Zacchaeus did when he climbed the tree is he got in the place where he connected with the plan of God. You say, it's just such a struggle. It just all the difficulties in my life, they seem too much. You know why they seem too much? It's because you're trying to get God to connect with your plan instead of you connecting with his plan. It's not that hard. Actually, if you want to know the truth, and I suppose you do, this is actually a good uh, uh, kind of example of the New Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, some people say, I don't really know what Jesus would be doing if he was here today. But Jesus said in the book of Revelation that he was in the midst of his church. And actually, he said he was speaking to the churches. If anyone has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. And literally, if you want to begin step one of using what you have to yield and walk in the plan of God, you got to be in the place where Jesus is. And he said, I'm in the midst of the church. That's not hard. That's pretty good preaching for a white Oklahoma girl. But I'm here to tell you that I know a lot of people who've got a lot more stuff than we do. Lots. But they're not in the place where Jesus will look up and say, I got an appointment with you today. Use what you have, but use it in the place that God has called you to. Listen, you can either see, I always tell people, uh, you know, it's like this. You can either see God from the world's point of view, or you can see the world from God's point of view. See, when you're in the church... You see the world from God's point of view. You love it. You pray for it. And you always have hope that there's something. Impossibilities are no problem. But when you drive by the church, I guarantee you, you will see God from the world's point of view. And the wrong people are giving you the wrong information. And you can never make the right choice with the wrong information. But Zacchaeus climbed up in the tree and there was an appointed place for him to meet with the plan of God. Actually, in Hebrews chapter 11, you know the story. uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is of all the men and women of faith who literally, they didn't just, faith is not abstract. They literally yielded their life to the plan of God. And when they did, the Bible says they, they, they were men and women of faith. And actually, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, but without faith, 
It is impossible to please him. That word without there, I looked it up in my Greek concordance. You know, I just know a little Greek. <laughs> He's got a restaurant outside of town. And, uh, but actually that word there in the Greek, you know, I, you might think about faith and always think of it in a quantity level. But actually, when he's talking about faith there, without faith, he's not talking about the quantity. He's talking about the location. It's got to do with territory. It's got to do with a place. It literally is a space or a territory. And it means without faith, if you're not in the place or the location of faith, you cannot please God. In other words, there are some things, some appointments, some divine pre-appointed destiny plans that Jesus himself is involved in. And he would like for you to show up right there. Hallelujah. So you want to use what you have. Put yourself in the place where Jesus is. I don't care if you're a high-level rich man or you're just a, a low-level, you know, uh, insignificant person. The only thing that gives your life significance, remember this, the only thing that gives your life significance is faith in God. And faith in God is not abstract. It will connect you with a specific place at a specific time. Not just you think you're just here just so you can pay off your Toyota. <laughs> you just think you're here so you can, you know, save up enough money to buy a flat screen TV. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Come on now. If that's all you're living for, I'd shut my door and just get orange juice and just sit back and watch it too on Sunday night. But that's not what you're here for. You're not just here to watch the world go by. You're here so the world can watch you light up with the plan of God. And shine a light so bright that no darkness can, can uh, overcome it. Oh, glory to God. Oh, I like to tell people. Uh, come on, we're almost done here. Oh, I like to tell people that. So number one, use what you have. Number two, put yourself in the place where Jesus is. You can't just do your own thing. You can't just live your life for yourself. You want to know why? Because you don't have, the Bible says, the way of man is not in himself. You don't have a compass. I'm telling you, I have trouble with north, south, east, west. I mean, thank God I got a husband and a friend who has no trouble with it. But I have trouble with north, south, east, and west. So I hook up with someone who has no trouble with it. <laughs> and I get where I'm going. You know what I'm saying? It's the truth. I got news for you, bozo. By yourself, you don't know which direction to go. The way a man is not in himself. But you can hook up with the Holy Ghost and you can hook up with the predetermined plan of God in Christ Jesus and instead of your life being a mess, it becomes the masterpiece of God. I mean, literally, He takes your mess and redesigns it through the blood of Jesus so that your life becomes a masterpiece. Woo, hallelujah. I'm trying to be normal. It's hard. You know, I'm almost through. I got one more point, and I'm even telling you about it. That's like, <laughs> oh, never mind. And he said, so he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Watch this now. Well, when they saw it, who were they? I don't know who they were, but they're always talking about him. When they saw it, they all complained and said, he's going to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Listen, listen to me. Don't ever listen to people who can only talk about your past. 
Don't ever listen to people who want to keep you connected to who you were without God. You're listening to the wrong crowd. Don't have lunch with an enemy who will poison you. Listen, you're talking to the wrong person. You need to, listen, we don't hear a word about Zacchaeus thinking anything about them. I'm sure he had a silver tongue. Have you ever met an IRS agent that didn't? But what did he do? Jesus had said, hurry up, let's go. Don't let them distract you. Don't let the people who don't have your best interest at heart, don't listen to the wrong people. Just come on. I have an appointment with you. Keep your eyes on the focus of who I am and what I can do with your life. And look at what happened here. It says, and Jesus said to him, Woo. oh, wait, let me read verse 8. Zacchaeus stood and he said to the Lord, He said, Lord, I will give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore fourfold. Literally, do you know what Zacchaeus said? He said, I'm going to use what you've given me, Lord. I have misused it. I have misunderstood it. But I'm going to use my old stuff a new way. I'm going to let you make me what you want me to be. You're looking for God to do something with something you don't have. He's looking for you to do something with what he's already given you. And he literally said, I'll take what I have and I will multiply it with what you've done for me. And Jesus said this. So that's number three. Number three is let God use your old stuff. A new way. And Jesus said to him this. One of my favorite scriptures in the book of Luke. Chapter 19. Then he said. For the son of man has come to seek. And to save. That which was lost. Jesus said. You qualify for the blessing of God. Yes. He came under a covenant blessing. Yes, he came underneath a blessing that had gone, that had existed long before his sin ever showed up. But thank God in Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He's not talking about your hair. He's not talking about your possessions. He's talking about you. You're looking for the new life to show up. You got to take what you have and use it a new way. Hallelujah. I hear, I can hear. It's like David when he was anointed to be king and the power of God had come upon him to serve in a new place for a new plan, a new way. And the Philistines had said, they knew, they'd heard about what had been happening with David. A Goliath who had come against the armies of God had been slain. They'd heard about the conquest of David because he had been anointed. And they came to try to stop the plan of God. And David said, Lord, What should I do? And the Lord said, when you hear the sound of the rustling of the mulberry tree, pursue them and you will overtake them all. I hear that sound in this church. I hear it. 
I hear it so strong. I hear it. Oh yeah, things. Some things were hard. Some things maybe not as hard as you expected. But because it's the plan of God. A plan. A predetermined. I like the word plan. A predetermined detailed proposal for doing or achieving something. God's plan is in the hearts of His people who will be in the place that He's looking at. This is that place. This is no accident. This is not man-made. This is God-ordained. Anybody in here deciding, quit looking down, decided to look up? God will turn your life. You know, it never mattered again how short Zacchaeus was. Why? Because he took a hold of the plan of God. And he used his old things a new way. The anointing of God is on you. He wants to use you for his glory. While we're singing this song, just say yes to the Holy Ghost. Say yes to God. Say yes to him. Use what you have. Quit looking down. Start looking up. Quit looking at what you don't have. Start using what you do have. And Jesus said, I will restore How do you do it? With our eyes upon heaven. Isaiah said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He receded just for a moment. But I think it's interesting. There were five centuries between the two worlds, the Hebrew world and the Greek and Roman world. We heard all about the name. We heard the, what the name would do. We heard what the name would bring. There, the preparation in the Old Testament, in the Old World, it was preparing that place and that time. But it didn't happen until the finality of the presence. We didn't know the name until he said, And she shall bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. There we've got the name. Josiah, which means salvation, which means reclaimer, which means Jesus who saves, which means restorer, which means God is now made seeable. God is in the flesh. Now it's not just a matter of one or two people being important. But now the devil, oh religious people get nervous. And the devil gets nervous. Because now it's just not a matter of one or people, two people doing great things. Now it's a matter of anyone who believes the greatness has a destiny. Woo! It's that name, Jesus, that I love more and more and more and more with every passing year. I keep thinking maybe it's because I'm growing older, but it's not. The Lord reminded me as a young girl, I wept over that name, Jesus. That name 
Oh, that name, it's a revelation, that name. The people gathered in the, old, in the New Testament around the name. They were healed in the name. It was the name that made this one strong. It's the name that saves. It was that name that Paul said, I preach him, Christ, and him crucified. For no other name in heaven and earth can anyone be saved. Full and whole and free. And happy, it's that name. There's no other reason for our life except for that name. I love the way your pastors, when I call Miss Angela's at the hospital, that's a pastor. That's a shepherd. The shepherd cares for the sheep. I was talking with Mama Hagen not too long ago few months back and I said do you believe that a pastor should shepherd the sheep she said oh my yes she said if they're not she said they're in the wrong calling I didn't say that those were strong words it's the name of Jesus that you shepherd the name of Christ that you live it's the name of Jesus you raise your family be sensitive not just at Christmas but all the year around for I hear the sound like Lois said I hear it very strong we're not a part of the scam and the shake up around the world we're a part of the revival and it is the last day revival we're a part of the bringing together and the wholeness. Is anybody sick of yours? And I said, within 20 years, the way the Islamic is going in the nation of France, it will no longer be. It'll be an Islamic nation. Many nations around the world are like that. And that is really the plan for the United States of America. I see it, but I see something bigger. You work in the name of Christ. I said, Lord, I wish I were smarter. He said, give me what you got. I said, I wish I were more talented. He said, give me what you got. There are so many more talented people that could go and do all this. Two, two women and a, and a guy in the middle of Paris. I said, Lord, who's going to come? And they all came. One guy with a very well-known association came from London. And he hit somebody on the back. And he, because the crowd and the people and the excitement. And he said, he looked at us and he said, who are these people? I've never heard of them. We tried to have a meeting with so-and-so and only a handful showed up and they said, oh, you don't understand. They've been here for 18 years. Give what you got. Give at your school what you got. It's in your hands. Give what you got. And it's not you anyway. It's Christ. The older I get, when I look in the eyes of people, I say, do you know Jesus? Do you have a church? It's only Jesus. My 84-year-old mother says, give him Jesus. Mama Hagen, when I was talking to her, she said, oh, nothing matters except Jesus. I was talking to Mama Hankins. All these people are in their 80s. And she said, oh, Cindy, the only thing that matters is we give them Jesus. There must be a reason. For they're closest to heaven. They know their time on earth is short. You think you have more time if you're 16? You may not. 
You may just have as much time. I always time tell as people, me. some people spend a lot of time working their investments. You know, they're so afraid they might run out of money. And, you know, you could run out of money, but I will tell you one thing you will run, run out, out of time. You will run out of time. I'd like to ask a question this morning. Did anyone come in here this morning and said, I don't know Jesus? We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher, speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. Thank you and God bless you.